Good morning, everybody. It is uh, really nice to be here. Now, this is different from last time. Uh, I'm sure someone will wave if that's not working. Good. It's great to be here. Uh, Just before we get into that passage of scripture, um, can I say two things really? The first one is to say thank you again for the way that you're supporting Susie, our daughter, who's out in Mozambique with Irish Ministries. Uh, We are very grateful for uh, your prayer support and your practical support and please continue, please continue in your prayer coverage for uh, Susie. Uh, particularly at the moment, the visa uh, issue is getting more and more difficult for her and it needs to be resolved and I think it should be resolved within the next month but uh, we're not quite sure how it will be resolved yet so please pray for Susie as she works with Irish Ministries in Mozambique. And the second thing really is to say that obviously Linda and I have followed uh, your struggles to, separate, uh, to, to settle the pastorate here at Church Lane. And we have felt your frustration over the years as you've sought to settle that pastorate. We have so ro- wanted to see the right person here in position. And uh, be assured that we will continue to pray over the coming months as Stephen and, and his wife Sharon come as they bring their unique gifts to this uh, role and as you bless his family may they bless you and together may this church become a real blessing for the town and um, talking about churches that were a blessing we'll start with that thought because uh, perhaps you can put the the um, PowerPoint up for me, thank you. Um, If there was one local church in the New Testament that was a blessing, it must have been the church at Philippi. I'm convinced as I read the letter that Paul wrote to the church in Philippi that this church put a smile on his face. We can see it in the letter. He is writing from prison, but the letter is so full of warmth and it's all about joy. And and the word joy appears time after time in the letter and and, uh, six times there's the word rejoicing in the letter. Is this going to work for me? Perhaps not. Perhaps if I put it on, it might. Perhaps if I give it to Joe, it looks pathetic. Paul visited Philippi. You're being treated to some of my holiday snaps. Uh, Philippi is a town in northern Greece, in what we call Macedonia. He visited there on his second missionary journey. It was a huge city by first century standards. It was a vibrant place. It was a Roman city on the mainland 
of Greece. It was on the Ignatian Way. The picture up there is what's left of the Ignatian Way. It was like uh, the M6 of the first century. And Paul's strategy on his first visit to any place was to start with the Jewish community. There was one in Philippi, but it was a very small community. I don't know what book Jan's been reading, but I would say there was no synagogue in Philippi because we read that Paul went down by the river. If there's no synagogue, there's going to be less than ten Jewish men in Philippi. The community gathered every Sabbath to worship, but they gathered in the open air, out of the town, near a river. If you've got the ability, Richard, can you flick on to the next picture, please? Thank you. And this river outside Philippi had become known as the place of prayer. And that's where Paul and his party went. And he spoke to the gathering, mainly women, to the women who were gathered there. And for one of these listeners, a businesswoman called Lydia, what Paul said made sense. You see, she was on a spiritual journey. She was trying to find where her faith should be placed. She wasn't a Jew, but she was finding that the God who the Jews worshipped, Yahweh, was worthy of worship. And the first time she heard Paul explain about Jesus Christ and how he fulfills all of the promises, thank you, all the promises made by Yahweh, it made sense to her. And she came to faith. This was the first weekend Paul was in the city of Philippi on his first visit to the city. Lydia was the founding member of the Philippian church that put a smile on the face of Paul. As I said, she was a businesswoman. She was a seller of purple dye. Uh, that was the most expensive dye because it was the hardest to extract. And her customers were well connected. She had a large home. She was definitely in the upper classes of Philippi. It was, the home was big enough for it to become the first meeting place for the church. And her contribution to that church that put a smile on the face of Paul must have been so, so significant. I don't know about you, but I want local churches that are known as joyful. I want churches, communities, places that people will rejoice over. 
ones that Father God rejoices over, that put a smile on God's face. I want churches that are good news. So what I want to ask this morning is what can we learn from Lydia to help us contribute to make our church good news? The church was founded at the place of prayer. Lydia was there in this open air prayer meeting. She was intent on praying. She was intent on seeking God. Her heart was open. And the ministries of our churches, all that we do, should grow out of all that prayer incorporates. So there should be thanksgiving within our prayers and that's reflected in our churches. There should be worship in our prayers. There should be confession. There should be intercession. It's prayer, our prayer life shows how we commune with God. Our prayer life shows our concerns for our community. So Paul reminds the church again when he's writing to the Philippians later, uh, in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Keep seeking God. The church is founded in the place of prayer. Lydia's wealth could have led her to self-reliance, to self-sufficiency. But she was found in the place of prayer. And it's evident that Lydia had made her spiritual journey, her spiritual life, a priority. We read that as Paul explained the Gospel in that place of prayer on the first, first Sabbath, the Lord opened her heart. We can only begin to guess on Lydia's spiritual journey, and I'm guessing on it from her physical journey. There is Thyatira. That's where she was born. That's where she grew up. There's Philippi. She grew up in Thyatira, which, as you can see, is now part of Turkey. It was part of the Roman Empire. So she would have been encouraged to worship the pantheon of Roman gods that you would find in a place like that. And then, of course, she moved across to Greece and she would have been exposed to all that Greek culture had and all the Greek gods. But she found that none of those could satisfy what she was searching for. She built herself a successful business career, but there was still an emptiness in her. And as Lydia listened to Paul, remember, here's a dealer. Here's a formidable woman. The sort that scares the pants off most men. That sort of formidable woman, a hard headed negotiator a perceptive
person. And as she listened to Paul, we read the Lord opened her heart. Luke wrote the book of Acts and from the pronouns that are used in this passage that we've read, we know that he was there in Philippi. Sometimes he wasn't and he writes in the third person. Sometimes he was and he writes in the first person. And here he's writing in the first person. Luke was there at the river. He saw the dawning comprehension on Lydia's face. He saw God reveal the mystery of his love to her on that Shabbat, on that Sabbath. Wonderfully, he saw Christ's light shine into her darkness. And in that moment, Lydia realised that the church was not an earthly institution. The church was not something made up on earth. And the church is not an earth-bound organisation. It's God moving in people. It's God moving through people. It's His Spirit inspiring, opening lives, breathing life. And here was the reality that Lydia had been seeking. (coughs) Here was truth and light for life. And she, she embraced it that Saturday morning by the side of the river. (coughs) You see, the church might originate in in the place of prayer, but the church is also a movement of God's Spirit. And Paul reminded them of that. So here are some more verses from Philippians. He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. Paul wrote to the Philippians talking about the sharing that they had in the Spirit. This is God's institution. He spoke again in chapter 2 of God working in you to fulfil his purposes. And what we need to do, bless you, thank you, uh, everything's going wrong my voice and this is good thank you we need to continue to work out our salvation and if we are working out our salvation we need God's touch we need his filling we need his empowering not just as individuals but as a church and we should be praying Father God, occupy us, occupy our church fellowship by your Spirit. Stamp your hallmark of love on us. Validate our existence in the very centre of the town by your Spirit. Keep us listening. Open our lives. Open the very core of our church to your purposes.
And we read that the place of prayer was deliberately by a river. I'm sorry, people have got to it now in Philippi and filled it with concrete. The place of prayer was deliberately by a river. Maybe it was so that uh, they could use it ritually before worship for their ablution. But now, on this Saturday, it became a baptistry. And Lydia was baptised as a witness to her faith. Hey, and we read her husband, perhaps she was widowed, or perhaps she'd never married. If she had been widowed, she may have had children. They may have been baptised. But we guess that the servants of her house, any other relatives staying with her, her slaves, they would have all been baptised. Now the equivalent today may be, I'm sure you've seen this experience, when, when someone comes to faith, to that exuberant faith, to, to, that, to that fulfilled life, everyone around them gets to know. You know, the whole network that they have, those people hear about them coming to faith. Family, friends, they see a new person. Business colleagues, fellow students, kingdom activity just naturally spills out of someone who has met Jesus into every part of their world. In other words, the church begins to impact the community. You see, the heart of God is for everyone. And the heart of the church must be open to the community. And Lydia not only opens her heart to the community, but she also opens her house. And it becomes a meeting room for the church. We read that. She offers hospitality. And if you read on in Acts chapter 16, you'll discover that the next two converts, the next two members for the church in Philippi are a Greek slave girl and a Roman soldier who was acting as the jailer to the, church, to the, to the uh, jail in Philippi. Greek slave girl Roman jailer, not the sort of people that she would naturally have in her social world. Can you imagine them entering her home for the first time for worship? The rough and the ready, the brutalised, the victims, her home is now open to these people. The brutal, the exploiter, the dispossessed, the vulnerable. They came and they sat down in Lydia's villa. I find it a wonderful picture. I find it a really exciting picture that all of these people came together and they were being treated as equals as special 
Here they were in the home of a high-flying businesswoman and they were being church together. And how do we address our community, our society? What about us? I fear that when historians will look back on Britain through Brexit or when they look back on Trump's America they will use words like social disintegration xenophobia suspicion polarisation division the type of words they will use will be anything other than big hearted open welcoming accepting tolerant you see when we belong to Jesus Christ we belong to a greater nation than Great Britain we belong to a holy nation and Paul writing to the Philippians reminds them of that our citizenship is in heaven every person on this earth is made in the image of God whatever race gender, social standing we welcome them we follow our servant king and so we are called as a church to serve the rich and the vulnerable the old those on the margin those who are affluent we're, we're called to love the asylum seeker the refugee children and if we act like the church that God wants what we will find now in our world is that we are truly counter-cultural. We really are. There's no doubt about it. Look at that quote from chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. It comes before the fantastic hymn that Paul writes in Philippians. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus Christ Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, made himself nothing by taking the nature of a servant. We must be united in the way that we are open to the community. Paul also says, stand firm in one spirit, that idea of being a team, to do this. Be of the same mind. I firmly believe that Lydia was at the heart of this church and it was a church that not only Paul delighted in but God delighted in it as well and some churches are a delight not just to members not just to visitors not just to the community they're a delight to God and they are churches that are open in prayer 
all that involves. Founded at the place of prayer. Open to God's Spirit. Open to all. And Lydia's contribution to the church in Philippi was vital. And for us here at Church Lane, I love the logo of the open door. But if you want to sum up what I'm trying to say through Lydia, it's please live up to the logo. Live up to the logo. And that's a challenge. It's a challenge to live up to the logo. For that image to become a reality. Open in prayer. Open to God's Spirit. Open to all. You know, when the image becomes reality, we have integrity. And God loves integrity. Let's learn from Lydia. Let's pray together, shall we? Father God, we want to thank you for the good news that you've given to us. The good news of your love. The good news of your forgiveness. The good news of acceptance and of kingdom. And we pray, Lord, that as your Spirit works in us, you might open us up more and more. And you might change us to be more and more the people you've called us to be. Open us in our prayer life. Speak to us by your Spirit and open us to the promptings of your Spirit. Lead us in the way you want us to go. Enable us to love and serve our community. Open us, Lord, to all and every person we encounter. Father God, we pray that we might be people open to you and open to each other, to our world. Help us to learn from Lydia. In Jesus' name. Amen.